All right, folks, welcome in to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter, part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network, and I'm a little bit disappointed, of course, as everybody else was. I knew that going live last night was not the right call, uh, would have made uh, several clerical errors, and then decided that rather than go live and be upset and frustrated and disappointed. Like, it's better to get a clear head and sleep on it a little bit. And I think my perspective is just a little bit different than it would have been. But still, very tough. Very, very tough in order to uh, see that through. And and that's a... Like, it's tough when Nicole Jokic has 53 points and you lose the game. Like, that's that's a crazy, crazy thing. And it's it's too bad, honestly, that Jokic, the, the two 50-point games that he has in his career, they've lost both of them. The first one was against the Kings back in, I think, a couple of years ago, uh, where he just dominated. It was, was unbelievable. But kind of like in that game, Denver couldn't get any stops at all. And Denver just, uh, they, they've struggled. They struggled in these situations where you put the entire weight of the world on Jokic's shoulders, and they have just not enough. And it's frustrating. Of course, of course, it's frustrating. And I can understand the the calls for massive sweeping changes from everybody. I understand that. But look, Denver can recover from this, and it helps when you have the best player on the court. I thought personally that Jokic was the best player on the court last night. And so that's a somehow there because Devin Booker was unbelievable. And, and Kevin Durant was Kevin Durant again. Like those guys were fantastic in that game yesterday. And yet Jokic was somehow the best guy. He, he had a positive plus minus in the game. He was carrying the burden, shot 20 of 30 from the field. Like this is an unbelievable stat line. The rebounding is what it is, and it didn't really hurt Denver. I thought that there were a couple opportunities in the first half where Jokic probably missed out on some boards. But I mean, how can you complain about a fifty-three and eleven night? Like fifty-three points, eleven assists. I put this stat out yesterday uh, after the game that he joins uh, Sleepy Floyd. Russell Westbrook, Damian Lillard, and Jerry West as the only players in NBA playoff history to put up 50 and 10. And it was a crazy, crazy game from him and just put the team on his back consistently. And that's a, it's a tough place to be where you have this kind of performance and you have this level that one of your players reached and it just wasn't fully appreciated. Not, not appreciated, but it wasn't fully like taken advantage of by this Nuggets team. And they just, uh, it's disappointing. Of course, I'm disappointed just like everybody else. And I I would like to see more from Jamal Murray at some points. I'd like to see more from Michael Porter, especially more from Michael Porter, who I think he gets a pass from Nuggets fans for the style of play that the Nuggets have. But there's a reason why they play that style a lot of the time in the playoffs. It's because it works. It's because it's better. And I, I don't think that Porter has really amounted to much with within this series but uh there's there's just a lot there's a lot to think about but i found myself yesterday wanting to simply think about jokic and wanting to simply think about the level that he has reached in a nuggets uniform and being able to rise to those occasions where denver they they may not get the wins in those situations but jokic is just putting his the team on his back in a lot of these and has been fantastic. It's been really, really, really sweet to be able to watch. And I was on the show with Swipe yesterday, pre- uh, prepping, pre- previewing game four. And I predicted that he would get 40. Did not predict that he would get 50. That would have been a cool, would have been a cool prediction to have. But, I mean, 53 points, 11 assists, 20 of 30 from the field is completely insane. And that's just a, it's just a tough thing. Uh, Stefan, you're right. Um, he says, I told you they wasted game three where they had a chance when the Suns were cold. Absolutely. I, I think that they needed to take, take advantage of that situation better. I think that Jamal didn't have a great game. I think that the bench had a horrible game in game three. And, and a lot of that stuff, uh, manifested once again in, in game four. So we will just see what happens for the rest of the series. But like, I know Nuggets fans are feeling, Nervous. I know they're feeling a little bit upset about this. The series isn't over. 
And it's not like Jokic is suddenly going to go back to putting up 20, 10, and 10. Like, he's going to keep being dominant. They do not have an answer for him. And when they double, he's going to set up teammates and he's going to get 17 assists like he did in Game 3. When they single cover, he has the capability to go get 50. And I'm glad that he showed that capability in this one, despite the fact that they lost, because it means that Denver has that they they can fall back upon. They know that what they're going to get from Jokic. They're going to get an unbelievable performance every single night. It's about everybody else. And I think that has to start now with Jamal. Jamal's got to be better. And he was better yesterday. I, I, I want to point out that he was better. Like, there's no doubt about it. Didn't have the best first half. He was 6 of 15 in the first half, but he was 7 of 10 in the second half. Got off the ball a lot more and really kind of ceded control of the offense to Jokic in a lot of those moments. And Jokic did everything that he could. Look, Denver lost the game 129-124. Their offense was good enough. There's no doubt in my mind their offense was good enough. It's not the offensive end that I'm really worried about. And in the 42 minutes that Murray was on the court, even in the staggered minutes where where Jokic wasn't out there, the Nuggets were a plus five. They were minus 10 when he was off the court in the six minutes that he didn't play. In these last two games, I know that Murray hasn't been everybody's cup of tea. I know that he hasn't played his best brand of basketball. But the Nuggets as a team, I think, are minus 22 in the 10 minutes that Murray hasn't played. Like, that's not good enough. And there's there's a lot that we can get into on why that is. I'm going to share my thoughts in the third segment on, on what's happening in those minutes to see if Denver can rectify some things. But I do want to point out that Murray's efficiency has not been great, but he had zero turnovers compared to seven assists. He did have 25, 28 points on 25 shots, and that's probably got to be better too. I think he's got to take more threes. I think he's got to make more threes. But in terms of the actual possessions that he's using up, like he and Jokic, I think, have been great in terms of the dance that they've had. Now, I don't think Denver's offense is at its very tip-top best when Jokic is taking 30 shots and Murray's taking 25. I, I do think that that's got to even out just a little bit. But a lot of that comes from, like, the other guys have to play better too. Like, there's there's been a lot of clamoring for Michael Porter to get more involved in the offense. Well, it hasn't exactly gone well, like especially in this series. And we can talk about that now. Porter in his 41 minutes had 11 points. He attempted 13 shots, was two of nine from three, missed some open ones for sure. And that's definitely got to help. Like it's, 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 it's hurting Denver in, in a lot of these moments and some of the decisions that he makes like driving into nowhere uh, those are those are not good. Now, can Denver involve him a little bit better? Sure. Can they rely on his shot making a little bit more? Sure. I think that they've got to make some they've got to make some changes in Game Five to make the offense a little bit more evenly distributed. I do think that that's true. But when the wide open threes are not going down, and he had a lot of them in this last game, like that's got to be a thing. And there are a lot of people talking about Murray's rotations and on the defensive end. There's a lot of people talking about uh, Denver's overall defense. Porter's a part of that too. He is not absent from the rotation discussion. And he made some bad ones. He made some bad decisions in the game last night. He made some slow rotations in the game last night. And it's part of the reason why Denver's in this position at all. Is they, they have to get into rotation and they have to double because nobody can really guard anybody on the other team. And that includes him. He has, like, ever since game one, basically, he has not been great. Uh, we don't need to play the blame game on this. I know that a lot of people want to play the blame game. There's a lot of people that say Jokic is God, and, and he played like God last night. Uh, but Murray's got to be better. Porter's got to be better. The bench has got to be better. Gordon's got to be better. Everybody's got to be better. Like, there, there's plenty of opportunities to rise above in these situations and and Denver just did not show up as a team on the road in the, in this particular series. They did a pretty good job in Minnesota uh when I was there. Like maybe maybe we should uh maybe that maybe that's a sign. Maybe we got to get me out there so so we've got a so we can actually not we uh so that the Nuggets can actually get a win. 
But I do think that Denver's got a lot to to think about here. I think at the non Murray minutes, I'll talk about that a little bit more when I talk about the bench or the non the non Jokic minutes. Excuse me. Murray has over dribbled. Porter hasn't had a lot of opportunities to impact the game as a creative scorer, but I don't know if he's earned that. Like I think Denver has to trust him, and they've they've got to let him fail in some of those situations and with the opportunity to succeed. But I do think that because of the manner that the offense has gone to, where it's been so Jokic and Murray centric, Porter has struggled to fit in. But he also hasn't taken advantage of the situations when he's been presented them. So it's not like Denver doesn't call any place for him at all. They they call a lot of ATOs for Porter. They call a, they call a lot of uh, when they when they need, when they need a three. Sorry, I'm stuttering my words. Uh, when they need a three, they go to Porter a lot of the time. And sometimes you go two of nine. Like, even the best shooters go two of nine. So, but he's got to be better. There's there's no doubt about that. There's going to be opportunities for him to be better in this next game. And Denver's going to call his number. I, I, feel pretty cl- I feel pretty confident about that. But we are going to see. Um, yeah, we are going to see. Aaron Gordon, a little bit better offensively this time around, but the defense, not necessarily great. Uh, 11 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists in this one, had 1 steal, but he got into foul trouble on multiple occasions throughout this game, but most importantly in that first quarter. Uh, Refs calling it tight for KD, there's no doubt about that. And Jokic did finish with the same number of free throws, though, so it's not like I can sit here and say, oh yeah, he like it was completely unbiased refereeing. I was a little bit concerned when I saw Tony Brothers refereeing, but I didn't think that there were any major problems with it. Uh, but yeah, here's here's the thing. Kevin Durant has figured out Aaron Gordon. He's he's figured out that matchup. Anytime he gets switched on to other people, there's, there's figuring that out as well. And the most important thing that the Nuggets have done over the course of these last two games is when they're starting this doubling, uh, Aaron Gordon will come off of KD at times and then have to rotate back onto him. And Durant's in an advantageous situation in those moments where he has Aaron Gordon kind of on his heels a little bit. He has Aaron Gordon off balance a little bit. Not necessarily in the best defensive position, but he still makes it work anyway. Uh, Gordon's been the best KD defender in this series. Denver doesn't really have any other answers unless unless they want to see what Peyton Watson, the rookie, can do. Uh, that's a that's a scary proposition for me. I would not. Uh, I, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about the rotation solves in the third segment as well. But I do think that Denver, like they've got to figure, like nothing is working on that front. Nothing's working. Uh, but what I will say is, we've talked about this a little bit. Phoenix is plus minus in the starting lineup last night. Zero minus eight minus thirteen. Minus one and minus one. The bench plus minuses, zero for a guy that played zero minutes. Uh, plus eight, plus 16, plus 15, plus nine. It's pretty clear where the where the game was lost and won. Pretty clear that the, the staggered minutes, the staggered rotations were the major issue. And I'll actually share some numbers on that in just a little bit here. But uh, hard to really go too in-depth on AG, Jokic, Murray, Porter. They're going to be out there for those staggered minutes, so they're not completely exempt. But I do think Denver, like Aaron Gordon was a plus seven. He led the team in plus minus. Even if I have some qualms on how he did, uh, still was productive and the team was still good while he was out there. So in the 12 minutes that Aaron Gordon did not play, the Nuggets were minus 12. And then finally, KCP. A better game than he had previously but still struggling to stop Devin Booker. Booker has been unbelievable in these two games. I think he's missed a combined nine shots, and he's taken, what, 43? Like, he's 34 of 43 in these last two games, and and a lot of that is on the direct matchup with KCP. Like, there's some, there's nothing that KCP could do in these situations because he's, I mean, he's a solid defender. He's not an elite defender. He's not an all-defense guy. He's not somebody that's more disruptive, that's more physical, that's athletic enough that he can really take away some things from Booker. But the uh, fact is, is that Denver's had to double. Like they, they cannot let KCP out on an island like this. 
And though KCP made five shots yesterday, 10 points, five of seven, was 0 of two from three, was a minus four. He was the only guy in the minus in the starting lineup. And I just don't think that he, like, in this series where he is being asked to guard Devin Booker, he has not done a, done a good enough job of guarding Devin Booker. And that's just, that's, is what it is. Denver's got to find another matchup there. They've got to find something that's a little bit more advantageous for them. Uh, it's not coming up so far for KCP. And that's a, that's a tough, tough prospect because this is where Denver invested their resources. And if he can't step up to the table, then that's going to be, that's going to be tough. But I do want to point out that in the postgame locker room, Vic Lombardi asked KCP what they need to do to win this series. And KCP basically said, we're going to win the series. He said it. Like you said, flat out, we're going to win this series. And if he's carrying that much confidence in this situation, then that's great. That's great. Denver needs to win game five because if they lose game five, the series is probably done. Um, so KCP, got to step up to the table, got to make your shots, and got to guard. Just got to be better there. So we will see what happens. But for now, let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to discuss the bench lineup and some factors that went into that group. But first, everybody in this podcast, as you know, it's brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook. Baseball is back and the push for postseason is on for hockey and for hoops. Make it all, make it all count this spring with Superbook. They are the best wagering app around with a direct line to experienced bookmakers behind the counters in Las Vegas. Plus, get a $250 bonus when you sign up, deposit, and wager in the same day. Don't let spring pass you by without winning money with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. We'll be right back on Pickaxe and Roll. Pickaxe and Roll, Ryan Blackman here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate all the love on the podcast. I know not everybody's in a great mood, and I completely understand. But if you can, if you're willing, uh, give this a like on the YouTube side of things. We're doing our best here, trying to make it work, uh, doing things uh, doing things the way that we can. Um, yeah, it's tough. It's just a tough place to be, and I, I understand why. Nuggets fans are as frustrated as they are. Like it's it's a frustrating time when Jokic has fifty three points and the Suns tie up the series at two two. But we will see what it looks like going forward. But for now, let's talk about the bench. These are some of the lineups that I think we should we should be referencing. I threw in the plus minuses here just to so people understand fully like what happened in the first half, what happened in the second half. Jamal Murray, KCP, Christian Brown, Jeff Green, Aaron Gordon. Has only played four minutes. It was a minus four in the four minutes, but I want to make sure to point out to people that the games are long. The game, like it's not like saying, "Hey, this is the reason why the bench lineup struggled." There were moments where Jamal Murray in the first half and the second half uh, had some buckets. Had some buckets in in isolation situations. Now, could they have had more? Could they have played better? Probably. Did they need to play better defense during the stretch? Sure. Uh, there's there's no doubt about that, but this is what actually happened. There are minus four in their four minutes with Jamal, KCP, Bruce Brown, Jeff Green, and Aaron Gordon on the court. And they have been taking advantage of, of some of these Phoenix lineups. I wanna let me see if I can pull up the Phoenix lineups actually. Uh that's probably a, something I should have done in the first or before this podcast, but we are just gonna try to route this as quickly as possible. Uh, but while talking and while trying to figure this out, uh, Bruce Brown was staggered in that in that second quarter. He did not play with that group uh, during that stretch. Uh, let me just see what's working for the Suns here real quick. Yeah, but yeah, it was Christian Brown in a lot of that. Uh, the lineups that are most beneficial for the Suns in these last two games. Kevin Durant, TJ Warren, Campaign, Landry Shamit, Jock Landell, that staggered lineup where Booker is off the floor. 
Uh, so they have campaign staggering there. They have Landry Shamit out there at the two. He's guarding Murray in a lot of these situations and doing a pretty good job. You have Durant and Warren and then Jock Landale. Landale's been pretty good. Landale's, Landale's been very helpful for them. And it's tough because Denver, in these situations, a lot of times they've been trying to have Jeff Green guard Durant. And Jeff's done not a great job in these last two games. He did a better job in the first two, where flying out, providing contests, doing a lot of great things. But in this eight-man rotation, Denver's doing a lot. Uh, <laughs> they're doing a lot to not actually do a lot. Uh, that doesn't make any sense. Um, defensively, Christian Brown probably should be matching up with Devin Booker. I don't think that he should be out there in situations where Devin Booker isn't out there. I think that's one of the things that I'm looking at going forward is that Christian Brown should probably match whenever his minutes are. Like Devin Booker should be out there on the court because the Nuggets need to be able to – actually, they've also used Christian on KD, but KD's really defeated that matchup of late. He's shooting over Christian Brown or he's drawing fouls on Christian Brown. And both of those things are very difficult and it's it's tough and Christian's trying to make it as tough on him as possible, but – I don't think that Christian has been the best Kevin Durant defender during this series. I think that's been Aaron Gordon far and away, and they should try to match Aaron Gordon's minutes with KD as much as possible, or they, they might try to some, some other guys off the deep bench. But the second half, this is one where I, I saw a lot of people criticizing Jamal in this stretch. Denver was plus one in the three minutes in, in this stretch of the second half. Like they, This was right at the beginning of the fourth quarter where Murray, I think, went to the isolation three times and then they had another bucket at one point. I think Bruce Brown had a bucket on a on a play with him and Aaron Gordon. Uh or he set up AG. It was one of the two. But that lineup was fine. Denver was fine in this configuration. And people just gotta settle down in, in this, like I think. There's a lot of people looking to parse blame. There's a lot of people trying to look for a scapegoat. I think that if there was somebody in this grouping that you could probably look to change, it's Jeff. Uh, but the, the actual solutions that Denver has beyond the St. Man rotation are not as bountiful as a lot of people like to pretend they are. Uh, but here's here's what we should really focus on. Bruce Brown, only two shots in his uh, 20 minutes. I, I was kind of surprised by that. It's minus 11, more circumstantial than anything, but... Uh, I thought he played the best defense of anybody in that uh, in that particular grouping. It was better than KCP. It was better than uh, Jamal, for sure. It was better than Michael Porter, for sure. Bruce, I, I think, is a guy that they're going to want to have out there if they possibly can. But some of the lineups that he's out there with Jeff have not been very good. Uh, but only two shots for Bruce. That seems like an a, a kind of an aberration here, just because he's been so aggressive off the bench most of the time. But He was ceding a lot of those touches to Jokic when he was out there and then to Murray when he was out there. So maybe Denver should try to diversify just a little bit more in different situations and prevent Murray from tiring out at various points. But uh, with Jokic, like, I don't know. Does he ever ever get tired? Like, we're just going to have to see. Jeff Green in the last two games, like, this is just pretty simple. Minus 20 in 14 minutes and minus 16 in 20 minutes. Uh, this is where the game has been lost. I don't think it's just Jeff Green that is the problem here. I think that you can point to a lot of different things. You can point to a lot of different circumstances. But the fact is that the minutes when Jeff has been out there on the court have not been very good. And this is kind of like the Faku thing like that that we've that had to discuss at length in, in a lot of these cases. It was working for a while with Jeff. But now that the minutes are actually what they are, Denver's going to have to figure some things out. It may not be Jeff who has to play. It, it may be Peyton Watson for defensive purposes on KD specifically. It might be Zeke Naji, who's a little bit of a bigger body, who can match up with somebody like Jock Landa a little bit better and probably fight for position a little bit more. Although, as I'm saying that, that doesn't seem like Zeke Naji's game. So is it Thomas Bryant? Is it DeAndre Jordan? Like, Do they play DeAndre and like in the minutes that Jokic doesn't play? And then try to match up with somebody else in the, uh, like at the four. DeAndre's obviously not going to play the four when Jokic is out there, so they'll have to figure out some minutes for that. But maybe it's a maybe it's a nine-man rotation where DeAndre Jordan plays the minutes that Jokic doesn't play at the five, 
and they make sure that the rebounding is good and they play drop coverage and they do what they can to uh, just go over screens and force the tough mid-rangers and, and force uh, those guys, hey, if you want to shoot 58% in the mid-range during that stretch, then that's fine, but we'll bet that you've shoot 50%. And maybe that's the right call. Um, but I know what the right call is not, or I know what the wrong call is. is. It's probably not going back to Jeff Green for extended minutes. And Denver's going to have to, they're going to have to live with that. They're going to have to figure out a different solution here. Um, that's that would be my that would be my thing. But uh, look, in this last game, Jeff attempted two threes. He made one of them. He made both of his free throws. He only grabbed one rebound in twenty minutes, and that's where like. And, and I actually remember I I have a visceral reaction to the rebound that he actually did manage to grab. It was a chore for him to grab that rebound, <laughs> like. It's that's just can't that can't happen. Like he he has to be more physical in those situations. He has to be attacking the basketball, and it just feels like he's a bystander a lot of the time. Where he's trying to do the rotations, he is trying to force the ball into different situations, but he's late on a lot of closeouts on guys that you probably should be late on closeouts for. But it just happens to be him a lot of the time. And whether he's executing what they're actually trying to do or not, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but the fact is, is that it hasn't worked over these last two games, and Denver probably has to go a different direction. We've probably got to figure that out. And then Christian Brown. I mentioned like he's minus 10 in eight minutes. Not impactful enough, unfortunately. He One of the things that I noticed in that first half when he was – he didn't play a lot in the second half. I think he played uh, – Played the, the final three minutes of the third quarter, by the looks. Uh, in that second half, at the beginning of the second quarter, he was going for offensive rebounds a lot of the time. And when he didn't get them, there was a specific play where he messed, he messed up on the offensive rebound and was behind the play and created a five-on-four the other direction because Phoenix went on the fast break. They're trying to push the tempo. And because he did not grab it, he was out of the play. And he's probably their best transition defender because he understands how to match up with people. He can be physical at the point of attack. But the problem is that when you're not on the court, that's or you're not you're not in the picture, then you can't provide an impact. So like he's trying to come up with ways where he can impact the game. Obviously, he's not taking a lot of shots. He did grab one offensive rebound in his eight minutes, but the only other stat that he logged was a defensive rebound, and then he missed a couple free throws, or he missed uh, he missed one of two free throws. He made one of two. Uh, that's just not enough. Like Denver in those situations, they've got to get more from Christian Brown. And I can't just sit here and say that Christian is the problem, and or I can't just sit here and say that Jeff is the problem. I think that the entire formula is a little bit wonky. Denver's trying to figure out how to make that bench work, and they had made it work, but the reason why it was good was because of the defense for the first seven games of their playoffs. And then these last two have been incredibly disappointing from the bench because they have not been able to get any stops whatsoever. Now, is that on Christian Brown entirely? No, it's a five-on-five game. But if he's not making enough of an impact on the defensive end, he's certainly not making enough of an impact on the offensive end. And he's actually kind of putting Denver at a disadvantage when he goes and crashes the glass like that. So that to me is a, a really frustrating part of it. Uh, I don't know what the I don't know what the solve is. I don't know what the solve is for this bench. I think that they have a lot of questions to answer. I think that part of it is the Murray aspect of it, where you probably need to you probably need to be more dynamic with the basketball, and you probably need to create more for other people. Because right now, Murray is only creating for himself in a lot of those situations, not really looking to pass in a lot of those situations. And I can I can understand why in a lot of these different contexts. Like think about the, the common lineup that he's playing with off the bench right now. Bruce Brown, Christian Brown, Jeff Green, Aaron Gordon. Which of those guys are going to spray the ball out to at the three-point line and feel like, yeah, that's a good shot? Like which of them? I, I'm just, I'm very curious as to what people think in that situation because I don't see another guy out there that I really trust to make a three. Jeff has made a couple in these last two. Maybe that's maybe that's the reason why you can keep him out there. Maybe he could make some threes. But if your entire game plan with the bench is predicated on, hey, we're going to make sure that Jeff Green puts up four or five threes 
he's got to make at least two of them, then I don't know. Is that good enough? No, it's probably not. So these bench lineups have to be better. And I don't know what the situation, I don't know what the, what the solve is. I think I've got a good answer in the third segment, but we are just going to have to see um, whether Michael Mullen even changes it at all. Like he may not. And he might be right. Like maybe Denver just plays better at home and then they win a seven game series because they won all their home games. Maybe that's just what happens. But I don't know. It's going to be very fascinating to see what this evolves into. But for now, let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to discuss what is now a best of three series. And also, I'm going to share some data on the lineups that have worked and have not worked. But we will see. But first, everybody, this podcast, as you know, uh, we we partner with a lot of folks. We partner with a lot of folks on this podcast. And, and there are some radio folks that I have gone on their show several times. I'm going to try to get Sean Drotar on in this uh, in this upcoming week if I can. But in case you haven't already heard, Colorado sports legend Sandy Clough is back on Denver Airwaves right here at Mile High Sports. Make sure to catch Sandy Clough along with Sean Drotar weekdays from 2 to 4 p.m. on Mile High Sports Radio. Listen live on the MHS mobile app, 98.1 FM, 107.5 HD3, and stream the video version of the show on MHS.com, as well as on the company Twitter. Plus, each show from Sandy and Sean is available in an on-demand fashion in podcast form. Just make sure to list, uh, to search Sandy and Sean wherever you, you get your podcasts. Uh, we will be right back here on Pickaxe and Roll. All right, we're back. Final segment. Pickaxe and Roll. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Going to be interesting. Going to be interesting, folks, to see what this next three games look like. And, and if there are even three games. Hell, maybe Denver loses all four. And that's my that's my pessimistic take taken take on. We can uh, we can go back to this podcast and be like, remember when Ryan predicted that they'd lose the next two games and then they won the next two? That'd be pretty cool. Um, that's, that's what I'm hoping for, at least, so. Let's talk about now, got a best of three. This is where the pressure really mounts. Denver has not faced a lot of adversity so far in these playoffs, and now they are at the point where they are officially in adversity land. You lose two straight games in any playoff series, and it is stressful as shit. That's a, that's like, everybody's feeling it. You know that Michael Malone's feeling it. You know that Nikola Jokic is feeling it. You know that Jamal Murray's feeling it. You know that Jamal, like, He's probably thinking, okay, I played okay in these last three or in these last two games. I need to play better. Uh, you know that Jokic is like, I've done really well in these last two games, and we haven't done shit. Like, there, there's a lot that I think goes into that. And if you're if you're Michael Malone, you're like, Man, I, might, I might be fired. <laughs> like, if if we actually lose this series, so it's going to be very interesting to see how Denver responds to this and how they respond to the pressure of this. Whether it's tightening up, trying to play guys less minutes off the bench, and instead play the starters even more minutes. Uh, like Denver played Jokic 39 minutes in this last game. Do they play him 45? Do they play Murray 48 minutes? Do they play these guys more minutes? Or do they try to come up with different solves off the bench? That's a great question that I wish I knew the answer to. Michael Malone is going to do media availability. At one o'clock, which I will be at right after this pod, so we will see. I'll, I'll probably try to ask him about Murray, most likely, but uh, we are going to see what he actually says on the bench minutes because I'm sure he will be asked that too. Here are some lineups that worked in games three and four. Uh, I went back and I looked through the data. I wanted to separate out games one and two because those are their own games. Those are their own categories of games. Denver had some success with those groups. There's no doubt about that. But what's actually happened in games three and four? You might be surprised that the starters are plus 25 in the 45 minutes that they've played together. Only 45 minutes, uh, obviously 96 minutes across two games. So Denver's had 51 other minutes that they've played in these last two games, and they are minus 37 in those other 51 minutes. That's a big, big deal for any of the staggered lineups. Uh, that that can't happen. Like Denver's got to cut that down at least to size a little bit. But everybody should know that 
in these two games, like despite the fact that things have felt like they're really bad, the plan uh, for games three and four with the starters has actually been okay. Like it's actually worked. And, and Denver's plus 25 with those groupings out there. They've outplayed the minutes where guys like Josh Akogi and DeAndre Ayton are on the floor. The problem is when guys like TJ Warren and Jock Landale and Landry Shannon have been on the floor. I forgot to mention Landry Shannon. He was 19 points, six of nine from the field in 30 minutes and five of eight from three. He was the reason why they won this last game was because Denver could not account for him while also trying to double Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. And then I also think that Jamal on the other end of the floor, when Landry Shamit is guarding him, he's trying to bully Landry Shamit. I think he's making that a little bit more of a one-on-one matchup than it probably should be. And Denver probably got out of rhythm a little bit on the offensive end. Now, they still scored 124 points. So let me state perfectly plainly that the reason why Denver's losing is the defensive end. It's not the offensive end. But they can be be better on the offensive end, especially when Jokic puts up 53. There's no doubt about that. But the starters, plus 25 and 45 minutes. There is no doubt about that. Um, you know, Suns fan, we are not acknowledging you. Um, yeah. That we, are, we are not acknowledging this at all. Like, if Jokic actually gets suspended for Game 5, then the NBA is, is dead. Like, the NBA is completely dead on this. He didn't go into the stands. He's in the first row of, of stuff on the court, but those are not the stands. That's just objectively not what happened. Murray, Brown, Porter, Jeff, and Jokic, which is you've got the big three out there. You've got Bruce Brown out there, and then you've got Jeff Green. So you're, you're top three, then you're sixth, then you're seventh man. Plus five in these five minutes, in five minutes in this game. It hasn't been that bad. Like those, like Denver doesn't play that lineup a ton. Because that usually comes at like the, I don't know, the seven or no, the five minute mark, four minute mark of the first and third quarters where you play those guys for two minute stretches. And it's actually a pretty good combo. Like Denver's been okay in those particular minutes. Uh, Bruce Brown guards Devin Booker in those moments. Jeff Green guards Kevin Durant. Durant has not been like bothered by Jeff Green a lot of this time. But in the minutes where the starters are out there, I've, I've actually felt like Jeff has been okay defensively. It's when the bench is out there and Jeff has to do a lot of rebounding or boxing out and, and fighting on the interior that his defense, I think, actually struggles. Uh, but in the initial moments, uh, in the initial moments, we are going to see. We are going to see whether this can actually continue or not. Uh, but right now, like it's it's been okay. Though That's a lineup where Jeff Green has actually been okay. And then now you can go to the lineups in Game 3 and Game 4 that didn't actually work, which is basically everything else. Uh, 19 lineups were played in Games 3 and 4. Seven of those were positive, 12 were negative. Uh, the one like major positive lineup was the starting group. None of the other lineups were like more than plus 5. I think it was like a range from plus 1 to plus 5 for the other 6 lineups. But most of the other like 12 lineups, it's a mix of everything. It's not like a... It's not like there's one particular group that's killing Denver. There's a group that's minus 10. It doesn't involve Jamal Murray, by the way. There's a group that it actually involves, uh, I think it involves Jeff. I think it was a Bruce, KCP, MPJ, Jeff Green, Nikola Jokic lineup, which was minus 12 or minus 10. And there's another group that's uh, minus 8, another group that's minus 7, but nothing more than that. So you can't just point to one specific thing and say, oh, yeah, that's that's the reason why they're losing. I don't think it's that. I think it's a combination of a lot of different things. Uh, but here's one that I want to make sure that everybody knows. Non-Murray lineups, minus 22 and 13 minutes. Nuggets are shooting 6 of 20 in those lineups. And Denver's got to be better offensively when Murray's not out there on the court. And that's mostly when Jokic is out there. Like Jokic has to be creating some better looks. Bruce Brown has to be doing a better job when he is the ball handler in those situations, it feels like the team, uh, the Suns are actually adjusting to that reasonably well, and they have not been punished in those situations. Uh, Michael Porter Jr., when he's out there in those lineups, Denver's got to create for him a little bit. Uh, when all that fails, go to Jokic and go to him in the post or go to him at the, at the free throw line and do what you can to create those kinds of looks. Uh, because right now it feels like they're trying to involve 
too many people in those particular groups, and that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. What adjustments can the Nuggets make? What can they actually do in these situations? There's not a lot uh, from a from a defensive perspective. Like Devin Booker is playing at best player of all time levels right now. Like he's playing Michael Jordan style basketball, and that's scary as shit. That's a, that's a really tough prospect. And then you can go over to the other side of the court, and Kevin Durant is there to either splash threes on the kickout or to drive into the mid-range and shoot over over top of a great contest, or he's getting to the free-throw line, or he's setting up people for, for passes and, and has been very, very good in those situations. So I'm not sure there's a lot that Denver can do on the defensive end. Uh, they have their group. like Their group is, is what it is. One thing that they might be able to do with that bench is instead of the Murray stagger, I, I wouldn't mind them trying out something different. I wouldn't mind them... You know the lineup that they play around Jokic, where it's Bruce Brown, Christian Brown, KCP, Aaron Gordon, Nikola Jokic. It's their defensive group. They're all of their perimeter defense wings around Jokic, and he makes it work offensively. I wouldn't mind seeing that around Porter. I wouldn't mind seeing that in that situation where, yeah, Bruce will run some offense. KCP will come off the dribble a little bit, uh, and then maybe you're setting up pin downs for Michael Porter in a lot of those situations. I wouldn't mind that, especially at the beginning of the fourth quarter, where it feels like Durant and Booker are both on the floor in those situations. And and a lot of those times, Jokic obviously isn't out there at the beginning of the second and fourth quarters. So Denver's got to make that work, and they've got to find ways to defend that group. I think that going with Bruce, KCP, Christian Brown, Michael Porter, Aaron Gordon is at least a good attempt to try to do that. And you put Michael Porter on Jock Landell in that situation, and AG on Kevin Durant. Or maybe you go with AG on Jock Landale and you've got Christian Brown on Kevin Durant and Bruce on uh, Devin Booker or something like that. But the point being is that you can switch a lot of those matchups and you can switch a lot of those uh, different instances and say, all right, we are just going to switch and guard. We are going to try to ISO, uh, force you guys into isolation situations. And if you double or if, if Denver doubles, then they can at least rotate behind it with relative quickness. Uh, which you can't really do with Jokic on the floor as much. You can't really do with uh, with Jamal Murray out there as much. Jamal hasn't been great double team. Like he he hasn't moved quickly enough. So that's that's probably an issue. Um, so we are going to see whether they actually figure that out. Uh, but you could go with Zeke Naji for Jeff Green. Like that's a that's a potential miss or not a, a mismatch. It's a potential adjustment to make. Zeke's a little bit bigger than Jeff. He's a better rebounder than Jeff, which, I mean, that's not like a, it's not like either guy is really dominate out there from a rebounding perspective. But I do think that Zeke is a little bit of a bigger body so that when he is matching up with a guy like Jock Landell, if he's being physical enough, he can grab those rebounds or he can box them out and make sure that he's not making as much of an impact in the middle of the lane, which that's something that you have to do. Also, Zeke is mobile enough that he can play up at the level or double or switch. And he can, he can do some of those things. Now, is he ready for this kind of a moment? Is he ready for this situation where you have to be perfect in a game five situation? I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know whether he can do that. But the fact is that the minutes have not worked. So they, they probably have to try something different. What it is, we will see. You could go with Peyton Watson to match bench minutes with Kevin Durant. That's something that Denver probably they're probably not going to do because he's a rookie, because it's a lot to ask in this situation. As much as I'm asking whether Zeke Najee's ready for that moment, is Peyton Watson ready for that moment? That's a scary thing. Uh, I think that his particular skill set, if we were talking about when Peyton Watson makes sense to deploy, it is probably a game five where you are at home first and foremost. You are in a situation where nothing else has really worked. You're throwing Hail Marys at the board trying to see if something sticks. And maybe it's Peyton Watson's athleticism, his perimeter defense, his ability to contest without really compromising himself. And that that could be a thing. Now, Kevin Durant may just draw fouls. And that's like, I don't think Peyton Watson is savvy enough to avoid that. And I don't think that he's going to get the calls to avoid that. That is something that I would be a little bit worried about for sure. But, sorry, got a call there. I think it lagged the stream a little bit. 
but I do think that it at least could be tried, especially in those bench minutes where Denver doesn't really have anything else going. Might as well throw out Peyton Watson and see if you can defend, rebound, and run. The other thing, Christian Brown to match minutes with Devin Booker. I don't think that he should be out there that much other than that. Like I think that he showcased some readiness in the Minnesota series. I think that he showcased an ability to match up with Devin Booker and Kevin Durant to a, to a, a little bit in these uh, last four games. But I still think in general that like, Christian's not good enough offensively right now to really justify being out there a ton. Denver, like he doesn't take the open shots sometimes, or even when he does take the open shots, he hasn't really been making them. And unless he's making them at a clip that the Suns actually have to respect, then they're still going to condense the floor. They're going to make it difficult for Denver to score. And Denver needs a spread floor if they can get it. And that's just one avenue where you have KCP out there instead of Christian Brown, and Denver's offense is probably better. Uh, but we're just going to have to see. Like I, I think that Christian should be out there to try to slow down Devin Booker just a little bit, but that's, a, that's just a tough prospect for any rookie. Final thing. You just got to play. You just got to play better. Like Denver... There's been a lot of discussion on on various adjustments that can be made, There's, and I'm, I'm doing it too. There's a lot of things. Like you can tinker. You can do some things. I don't think you can bench Michael Porter for Bruce Brown or anything like that. I don't think it calls for that. I think that Denver, if you're going to go down, you better go down with the lineup that you built for this situation. And if you look at the actual starting group, they've been fine. They've been fine for sure. Starters are plus 25 in these last 45 minutes. That's good enough. Denver should be able to make it work. Now, we're going to have to see what it looks like. We're going to have to see what Denver ultimately does in Game 5. But if it were up to me, um, I would do what I can to get the ball out of Murray's hands a little bit more frequently. I would get the ball a little bit more than uh, uh, like Aaron Gordon dribbling up the ball in those situations, KCP dribbling up the ball in those situations. I would ask KCP if, if Devin Booker's going to dribble the ball up the floor, I would ask him to try to pressure Devin Booker a little bit more full court. Like try to be, try to do the thing that they're doing to Jamal a lot of these situations. Um, but yeah, Jamal's got to deal with that physicality a little bit better. He's got to play faster. He's got to be more athletic. And Denver can win the they can still win the series. There's no doubt in my mind that they can still win the series. They have two home games, and they were dominant at home in these first two games. So, like, Denver can do this. And, and Nuggets fans, I think, most important thing, step off the ledge. Phoenix was a really good team. And if you told me at the beginning of the series, before anything actually happened, if you told me at the beginning that Denver would be tied 2-2 going back for Game 5, I'd be like, yeah, that tracks. That sounds about right. That sounds like what it should have been prior to the series. Nuggets fans are a little bit upset and a little bit frustrated and a little bit nervous now because of the manner that it happened. And I can understand why. When you go up 2-0 in the dominant fashion that you do, and then Phoenix solves what you're doing in games 3 and 4, and they actually bounce back in that regard, now it's up to Denver. Now it's the, the pressure is on Denver to respond in those situations, to come up with different counters, to play better, and to make that work. Whether it actually happens or not, I don't know. Whether Denver can actually handle that pressure, I don't know. What I do know is that the Nuggets are, like, this is what they're supposed to be built for. This is what the playoffs are all about. When you get tied up in these situations and you need somebody to step up, you know that Jokic is going to do that. Murray's got to be better. Hoarder's got to be better. KCP's got to step up to the plate. Aaron Gordon's got to step up to the plate. And then if anybody off the bench can give something, that would be helpful too. That's that's the big thing in uh, with regard to what's actually happened in games three and four. Denver's bench has not showed up. And I think Denver has the ability to bounce back. And if they win game five, they can absolutely win game six. If they lose game five, they can absolutely lose game six. Game five is going to be super, super important. As everybody knows, I think the winner of Game 5 wins the series 80% of the time. And Denver's got to be in that position where they are they are ready to go in Game 5. Now, 
One thing that stands out a little bit, if the Nuggets, like, the longer the state, the longer the series goes, you would think that the heavy minutes that Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, the heavy load that they're trying to carry, uh, you'd think it wears them down a little bit. The same does go for Jokic. The same does go for Murray in these situations. The way that Denver has played, they combined for 55 shots. That's a, that is a tough place to be. So I think that you got to get those guys some help. Porter, game five is your time, my guy. Like game five, that's, that's where, that's where he's got to step up to the plate. If he doesn't, then, might be some, might be some things that, that Michael Malone has to has to do to to get him to work, uh, and might be some off season things that might happen if that doesn't actually come to pass. But we will see what it ultimately looks like. But for now, uh, Michael, can you hit that outro music for me, folks? That is going to do it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by our good friends at Superbook Sports. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate the chat bumping as much as it does. Uh, got some Suns fans in here talking their mad stuff. Uh, totally understand why, Like, but the series is tied to two. It can go any direction, and I am looking forward to seeing which direction it goes, because whatever the case, it's going to be a crazy story. That game four was wild. And I think the game five might be even crazier. Should be fun. We will see what happens. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support. As always, hit that like button on the way out. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow night.